Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peace of Authenticity Podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Andersons. In 2020, the Lord really challenged us on starting our own podcast. And so we invite you to join us on the journey of following Jesus every day. So let's grow together and learn together. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Hey, we are here and we're excited. I always, yeah. why am I, I always say weird things at the beginning. I don't know. Uh, it's got to break the ice, I guess. I, I just, don't know. It'll be all right, though, because because <laughs> we're, we're excited to, yes. <laughs> I hope you guys are cool with the every other week podcast drop thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a whole lot easier on us. Yeah. And um, we're, we're excited to bring what we have today. I want to just say this really quick, and then I'm going to let Jordan take over from oh. here because it, this was a cool experience. But mm-hmm. basically, the, what we're talking about today was when we were descending onto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. We got to walk this trail. And I mean, you know, today it's streets and there were cars zipping through there. Yeah, and, you know, we were scary. having to watch it's like one lane streets <laughs> everywhere. And these, these taxi drivers were all crazy and stuff. And there were tourists everywhere, but it was such a cool morning. And we're going to put some video of kind of, you know, some shots of our, our walking. I think I got some and also Jordan mm-hmm. got some. So we'll just yeah. put them on here. Um, but this is literally the trip that we are talking about this morning from Luke chapter 19. So if you want to go ahead and turn there before we get going, but we literally walked down mm-hmm. this same path that Jesus would have went on in this story. And it was incredible. It was because from the Mount of Olives, you can see like the temple perfectly, the temple Mount, you could see mm-hmm. everything. I mean, we'll, we'll show you guys a picture. It was a beautiful sight. And so, um, we, yeah, like Aubrey said, we started there. And um, we actually, you know, we don't know if it's 100% the road that Jesus went down on this, you know, story that we're going to go into. But it was just really cool to know that Jesus descended from the Mount of Olives. So that's that, that's exactly what we got to do. And so it was mm-hmm. really cool um, to get to experience that. And it's such a beautiful view. I mean, oh my gosh, it's just yeah, amazing. Um, well, and this isn't part of what we're talking about today, but we were talking about the cemeteries that, that oh, were built. So. Yeah. Uh, just just a side note, if you don't already know, in, in the Jewish culture, it's considered unclean to be in a cemetery or around dead things, right? If you remember the story of Samson, mm-hmm. touching the, killing the lion and then scooping the honey out of it. You're Creepers. not supposed to touch dead things, in it, so you're considered unclean. So if you already know, during the Crusades and different times in history, the Muslims and the Christians and the uh, the, the Jews yeah. all fought over control of Jerusalem. Well, what happened when the Muslims were in charge of it for a while, they built cemeteries on the side of the Mount of Olives because the Bible says that when Jesus returns, he's going to descend on the Mount of Olives and he's going to walk into the east yeah. gate of, mm-hmm. of Jerusalem. Yeah, they sealed that shut so so, they, you know, just to stop <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So they, they sealed it shut. You can't even use the East Gate anymore into Jerusalem. And all from the outside of the East Gate, all the way up the side of the Mount of Olives, uh-huh. are, are just giant mass cemeteries. Oh, so many, so many graves. And yeah. so we'll show you a picture. I think I got a video of it. It's crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself an expert, but 
when Jesus returns, I highly doubt that a cemetery and a sealed wall are going to be able to keep him out. I don't know. Or if he's even going to follow the rules of being unclean. I mean, Jesus <laughs> broke the rules so many that. times when he was on earth. I yeah. just feel like he's going to be like, yeah. eh, no biggie, no biggie. Yeah, I highly doubt Jesus will be like, oh, darn. Yeah. Better come but, back later. But either way, that is, that's just a fun side fact. It is cool. Yeah, so that explains the mass graves yeah. that are there. They just is, really thought, Jesus cool. wouldn't walk across this because that would be unclean. <laughs> Dude, if he's going to descend from heaven, I highly doubt. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, I so mean, go ahead. And then okay. they, they had, if there was ever any question in your mind that you you don't know if Christianity's true or not there's an entire religion on the other side that took um great precautions <laughs> so that when jesus returned they have to he, believe a bit <laughs> they have to believe a little bit of it so anyway go ahead just in case um so yeah the oh did you tell them the scripture that we're going to luke 19 yeah, luke okay 28 through 42 we'll mm-hmm. go into that and so, yeah, we're going down this road and we stop at this beautiful church and we go in there and um, it, it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, every church there, they're very intricate, very, very beautiful put together. And um, this one was to mark an event that happens in this story. And so that's where Brad sat us down to read this scripture that we'll go into. And it's, it's oh my gosh, it, it'll be convicting today. I'm just going to. I'm just going to let yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, super convicting Very for convicting. all of us. Uh, so you want me to start reading in there? Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead. Okay, so starting in verse 28 of Luke 19, it says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached, uh, oh my goodness, Bethphage and yeah. Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, Ooh, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. Now, the reason why all of this had to happen, we, we've tried to paint this picture all the way through this season of the podcast that everything that Jesus did on earth was to fulfill something mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. There was something written in the Old Testament that would back up, hey, this is who Jesus said he was. And this exact moment right here comes from the prophet Zechariah. Mm-hmm. And what did you say it was? Chapter uh, 9. 9, 9. Yeah. Zechariah Chapter 9, 9, verse 9. This was actually prophesied way before Jesus' time. So Jesus knew, and Luke knows, that as he's painting this picture, right, in his gospel, he's saying that as Jesus wrote or sent them, to go find this colt and he's going to ride it that it would fulfill yet another prophecy mm-hmm. everything that Jesus did which of course we know Jesus says I don't do anything except the will of my father so God was trying to connect every single dot 
from what he said in the Old Testament, the Messiah, when he comes, he will be A, B, C, and D. So when Jesus came, he fulfilled A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. And even down to the extent of you're going to go into town, you're going to find a cult that has never been ridden, and here we go. From Zachariah, from Zachariah nine nine, mm-hmm. and so I don't know where. Oh, yeah. So then I lo- I lost my place just for a second. So uh, so they they threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the (laughs) stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Now, wait, uh, yeah, and so then verse 42, he said, If even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. Mm. Okay, so Jesus is coming in. He's riding on a colt that had never been ridden. Mm-hmm. People are throwing their cloaks on the ground, and they're saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. People are recognizing who Jesus is. And we find ourselves in verse 41 where it says Jesus approached Jerusalem and he wept over it. Mm-hmm. There's so much symbolism in this. So we want to break it down for you guys yeah. because it's a lot to explain why Jesus would cry. You know, because there's just, you know, those scriptures that you read and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? There's so much, there's so much to it to yeah. like explain it. And well, I just, I just love this too, because I just wanted to point this out for a second. Mm-hmm. It talked about crowds of people, and in the Pharisees said, "Tell your disciples to to cut it out, basically, to keep you know to keep quiet." To quit Rebuke talking them. about you being the Messiah. Yeah, but we're talking about in the crowd. Yes, because so like we have said in our podcast, the Jews knew the Torah; they knew yeah. the Word of God, so they knew Zechariah nine nine. They saw Jesus coming there down, and they're like, "Are you kidding me? Like we've already heard about this." man and all that he's done like he has to be and so that's where you know they're worshiping and they're saying hosanna hosanna you know and and then hosanna means save us now and we're going to go a little bit more into this because there are two things that we really want to break down first of all they laid their cloaks on the road for him you know for the colt to walk over that jesus was on they and, laid their cloak on the colt first the disciples mm-hmm, his disciples that yes. were following him laid their so cloaks jesus down is there like on cloaks yeah. like every kind of yeah. every kind of way and then they're waving palm leaves so yeah. we want to go into the meaning of cloaks and the meaning of palm leaves and why they would do what they did yeah because um, he here's okay so we we were basically in israel for two weeks and mm-hmm. we could go all over Israel on a bus in just a few hours. So even yeah. though technology has advanced tremendously since then, everything that Jesus had done until this point, even if you had never laid eyes on Jesus before, you knew who this man was. Mm-hmm. I mean, feeding 5,000, feeding 3,000. All the miracles. L- all the miracles. All the lame people, healing lepers. I mean, we, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, all the different things that Jesus did. 
including freeing people from demons. Well, and, and this and was the last week of Jesus' yeah. life. So, I mean, he had done he's, everything. He's headed, he's headed to the, the Last Supper, yeah. right? He's headed into Jerusalem for the final time. Yeah. And so it's just like all these things people have heard. I mean, he had a yeah. ministry of three years. So I would venture to say that even this festival that they're coming into town for. Oh, yeah. And everyone was here for yeah. the Passover. Yeah. Everybody was in Jerusalem for the Passover. So he had thousands, thousands mm-hmm. of people seeing him coming in. And would they would have all immediately known not only who Jesus was, but then they would have known Zechariah 9-9, like you're talking about, and they would have been piecing all this together. And so they're excited. They're yelling. They're saying, mm-hmm. this is the king who the Lord has sent. They're throwing their cloaks on the ground. And yet we find ourselves, why would Jesus be, be weeping? Mm-hmm. But first, yeah, they're laying their cloaks on the ground. Yeah, and so a little bit about, like, I guess the fashion of ancient Israel is everybody had a tunic, which was like their little dress. You see them all wear, and then they had a cloak over that. So they always, like, I mean, they always had their cloak with them. They slept with their cloak. Their cloak was like their blanket. I mean, this mm. thing is very important. I think we've talked about this before because of what Jesus said to give your cloak to someone that steals your shirt, whatever that scripture is. And um, so they are laying their cloaks, their blankets that go ahead and picture you like your comforter is also your coat and you're laying it on the feet for, you know, laying it for like a donkey to walk over. Or poop on. Exactly. Because they poop a lot and they don't let you know when they're about to poop. Yeah. And so I, okay, so which one do you, okay, Second Kings. Yes. So this gives a little bit of an example of the meaning of them laying their cloaks on the ground. Yeah. In Second Kings so 9. It gives you, it gives you a little bit of perspective into the culture. So if you go to Second Kings chapter 9 and where are we going to start in, in verse 11, right? Yes, 11 okay, to 13. So just a little bit of a backstory before I read this. This is actually when Jehu was anointed king of Israel. The prophet Elisha comes and tells him that he's going to be the, the king of Israel. So in verse 11, it says, When Jehu went, <coughs> excuse me, when Jehu went out to his fellow officers, one of them asked him, Is everything all right? Why, why did this maniac come to you? So they're calling the prophet Elisha a maniac. I mean, That's if what he dressed is. how Elijah did, yeah. I think that. Yeah, it probably looked like crazy. It says, you know the man and the sort of things he says, Jehu replied. And that's not true. They said, tell us. So Jehu said, here is what he told me. This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. And in verse 13, it says, they quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. And then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. So do you see the connection of the the prophet Elisha says Jehu's going to be king, and all Mm -hmm. these guys throw their tunics down, their cloaks down, so that he doesn't have to walk on the dirty ground because he's king. The same, the same thing with Jesus, except it's even a step further. Not only did was Jesus not walking mm-hmm. on the dirty ground, but they didn't even want his colt mm-hmm. walking on the dirty ground. So everybody began to lay that down. And again, we're sitting here going, this is a beautiful moment. People are recognizing Jesus is getting all of this glory. Everything seems to be going the way that he wants it to go. And yet... The Bible tells us that he weeps. Yeah, and, and another symbolism of the cloak is taking off the cloak and laying it down says that I am with you. Like, I will lay down my life for you. Mm. So this is what they're saying to Jesus. And so 
I mean, it's a beautiful picture. And then whenever you go to the palm leaves, yeah, this has a little bit of a different story. So the palm leaves is actually like, uh, actually, Aubrey, do you want to give like a tiny bit of history? What happened with the Maccabee revolt? Okay. You know, just so they yeah. kind of have a picture. Yeah. So, uh, what is it? A hundred and a hundred and sixty years before the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. there there was a revolt in Israel, led by Judah Maccabee, mm-hmm. and he, a Jew, a Jew who they were under Greek control at the time, uh, the Seleucid Empire was in charge of Israel and they had finally had enough. And so a, a leader rose up, actually a priest, he's in front, from the mm-hmm. tribe of Levi, Judah Maccabee, and he started a revolt against the Greeks so that, uh, the, so that Israel could govern themselves. Mm-hmm. And so n- nobody would have thought this guy had a prayer, but because of the other fighting taking place in in other parts of this Seleucid Empire, Israel was able to free themselves in between. There was a short stint there. Was it like 80 years? Yeah, there always is a short stint. It's kind of like 80 years or something. Judah Maccabee led the revolt against the Seleucid Empire and they governed themselves. I want to, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was like close to 80 years then we know through reading our yeah. Bible that the Romans come in. And now and, they are under Roman And they're control. under Roman control by the time Jesus comes around. But the story of Judah Maccabee and his ex- his exploits mm-hmm. are, are Jewish. Um, it, you think about you think about in our culture how the the movie theaters flood when a new Marvel movie comes out or a DC like a superhero movie. Judah Maccabee is that man. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, if Judah Maccabee did it, then they Jews were constantly waiting their time before God brought someone else. Well, and they believed to free it was them the again. Messiah that was supposed right. to free them from Roman from Roman rule. control. And yeah. so, with that bit of information, this yeah. explains it a little more. So, through the Maccabean revolt. The palm leaves were a military sign of like rebellion. Like the mm. palm leaves, whenever you saw a waving of a palm leaf, it was a military term of like, what's what's something nowadays that it would be similar to? I don't I don't know enough. Do you know? I have no okay. idea. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know where you're going. The with opposite it. of a white flag. Okay, like a declaration of war. Exactly. Yeah. And um. So, you know, they had the palms, they were laying down the cloaks, and and they were saying, save us now to Jesus. So if you put everything together, mm. it it all points to the fact that they believe Jesus was there to lead them into a revolt and a war against the Romans. And that's that was it. That was most of the Jews' mindset about Jesus and what the Messiah was supposed to do. And of course, all of us are thinking like, how small of thinking, right? That that's just what it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, we we are fortunate in 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 the era that we live in now that we get to see the story all in of, hindsight. Mm-hmm. We we already know what happens next, but they are living this in real time. And just as, uh, just as Moses came and delivered them through the power of God, delivered them from the Egyptians, Moses says there will be another one like me that comes and you need to listen to him, right? 
So they're thinking Messiah, Moses freed us from the Egyptians. So when the Messiah comes, he's going to free us from the Romans. Exactly. So they see Jesus. Oh my gosh, everything's lining up. He's totally the Messiah. Oh, he's going to free yeah. us from the Roman rule. Like, hello. These these aren't crazy people. Like, I, I, I don't like it. In, in our, especially in the Western world, we have this tendency to make the Jewish people seem like they're dumb or, you know, that man, they just, they just couldn't see it. How could they not see it? How could they? No, they, they weren't, they weren't out of control. They, they weren't ignorant. They mm-hmm. weren't, they were human just like we are. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they knew that the word Messiah, when the Messiah comes, he's going to free us. What, what they didn't really understand, what, what they were misunderstanding the whole time is that God had a different plan. Mm-hmm. But think about it. In, throughout the history of the world, every time God did something with his people, the people didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand why they were led out of Egypt to the Red Sea, right? And then the Egyptian army was chasing them and they freaked out and they told Moses, you suck, bro. You let us out yeah. here to be killed. They, so there's a there's a tendency as we read scripture to understand that basically if God's doing something, people aren't going to understand it. Yeah, hmm. exactly. And so Jesus is coming in and, and, and it's like this triumphant thing. People are laying their cloaks down, they're shaking palm trees and... Or palm branches, not palm trees. Palm branches. <laughs> That's heavy. And, yeah, <laughs> no, they're giants. No, but but anyway, and 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 we read in in Luke nineteen that w- this beautiful picture, yeah, of people saying this is the king that the Lord sent us. The Bible tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. These people were doing that, but out of the wrong heart. Yeah. And that goes into Jesus crying. And so, Mm. of course, only recorded in scripture, there are two times that Jesus wept. One was when Lazarus died. And the Mm. second was, you know, when he found out Lazarus died. And right here in this moment. But when you look at the Greek words, there are two different words for crying and weeping okay so the one whenever Lazarus when Jesus found out Lazarus died that word cry is dakruo dakruo sure (laughs) trust it I don't speak Greek yeah um and that means to cry to shed a tear moved to tears so that's what that means right um but then this time when Jesus wept this word is Cleo, Cleo, Cleo. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> and it means to weep the metly. Is the, that a the word? The other word that, that I saw in the commentary I was reading is basically this could be translated as wailing. Yes, it, it literally so, says like deepest, darkest tears, crying from tragedy. Yeah, like from the deepest part. Like, have you guys ever had like one of those good cries? Like you where, just where, let it rip. Yeah, where it just comes up and it's just like, whoa. That's like, not shedding a tear. I mean, mm-hmm. that is. That's yeah. That's heavy. That's that's a different. That's a different. Um, it, it's basically like when when you feel like God didn't answer something that you've been praying for versus in my experience losing loved ones. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of wailing. Like when 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 my mom took her final breath here. Um, 
I remember I took two steps out of her hospital room and collapsed and, mm-hmm. and began to wail. I couldn't even hold myself up anymore. And, and that's what I kind of pictured mm-hmm. when I was reading that commentary. And it said that Jesus, not, not that he just wept like, oh man, I'm just, you know, let Weepy. me, let me just fix yeah. this. It was like, this is, this is painful mm-hmm. because he recognized that even though the people were saying it with their mouth, yeah. what they believed in their heart didn't line up with what was coming out of their mouth and it broke his heart. They totally missed him. Mm. That They're crying out, Lord, Lord, Hosanna, save us, save us. But they missed him. Mm. His, his words, everything that he had done fell over a lot of deaf ears. Yeah. And so that's why whenever he beheld Jerusalem, he wept profusely. I mean, yeah, just bald. So I, I think about it. When, when Jesus would tell parables or he would tell stories, he would always say, let he who has ears, let him hear. What Jesus was getting at was not, if there's any blind people or if there's any deaf people. <laughs> or people who don't have ears. Yeah, or people that just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there might have been, I don't know, but I, I mean, I know that Malchus didn't have an ear and Jesus put it back on, he but, sure did. but, um, but Jesus is basically saying, let he who has ears, let him hear. It, it, it didn't mean, hey, did you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, hey, did you understand what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the difference of, of what we're facing right now is Jesus is weeping because he's, he's going, man, the lip service is cool. Laying down your cloaks is cool. But you guys just really are missing the mark of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And if you really understand, if you look up the word repent, in your Bibles. So those of us that are followers of Jesus, we believe that upon repentance of sin, that's when grace and mercy are received, are are given and then received by us, right? And we're saved by grace through faith. Salvation comes through the process of repentance. But if you look up what repent actually means, when Jesus is saying repent or even John the Baptist is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That word repent is literally meaning learn to look at things differently. If you don't change your perspective, if you don't change the way that you're doing things, you're going to completely miss what Jesus was trying to do. And all throughout the gospels, he's, he's preaching the same message in different ways. And he's telling people everywhere he goes, every time they follow him, if you don't change the way you're thinking, if you don't look at this differently, if you don't really have ears to hear what I'm saying, you're going to miss it. Mm -hmm. He casually warned them all the way through scripture to the final time he was riding into Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And he realized at that moment that they still didn't get it. Well, and he knew his time was coming to an end on earth. And this is his reaction, response from the people Well, after all of that. Yeah, and I think it really highlights for those of us that are followers of Jesus how deep his love 
was for mm-hmm. his people that it brought him to a place of brokenness, mm-hmm. a deep wailing on the inside of him because he was just going, I love you guys so much and you're just not getting it. You're mm-hmm. not listening. And it, it almost brings, oh man, it almost brings me to emotion right now mm-hmm. because there's there's been so many times that God has been trying to stir something in me. Mm-hmm. And then I put Aubrey thoughts to what God is trying to do. And then, and he's probably sitting there going, God, Aubrey, the whole time, like, I love you so much and you're just not getting it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is brought to that place of just wailing. Not because he didn't, not because he was regretting his choice. Yeah. Yeah. to go and die for you and me, but because he had preached until he was blue in the face and said everything that God had brought him here to say and people were still not getting it. Mm-hmm. And so we through this, we have the understanding Brad taught us in Israel. He said, and this was one of the most powerful teachings in my opinion, because mm-hmm. yeah. Brad said that there are two kinds of people in that that choose to follow Jesus. There's there's one kind of people that literally they lay down their cloaks and they say Jesus as long as you have come to do what I want you to do I'm going to give you my life. Mhm. And then there were other people that were still laying down their cloaks in this story that were just saying I'm here for all of it. I'm I here to follow you. I'm, Your will be I'm done. sold out. Yeah. Just like Jesus in in the garden the night before the cross, he, he was saying, not my will, but your will be done. Talking to the Lord. That's the other kind of people. The, the first group have expectations and their own um, conditions yeah. that they uphold yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully the Lord fits those molds for them. Yeah. Like pretty much sadly. And then the second one is like, Lord, mold me and shape me however the heck you see fit. Mm. I'm just here. I'm just playing. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm just here playing for it. your hands. What, I mean, but think about it. I want everybody who's who's listening to this podcast right now. I how many times have you walked through a hard time with somebody and you're trying to share biblical truths with them and they're just not getting it? I know that I've probably been on the receiving end of biblical truths where somebody's like, Aubrey, all you have to do, mm-hmm. the Bible says A, B, and C, and I'm going, I know, I'm doing A, B, and C, but I'm doing A, B, and C with my own version, my own destination in mind as I do A, B, and C, and I'm just saying, yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you as long as the destination at the end of this thing matches what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's like we act like we have a contract with him Mm. instead of the covenant that we actually have with him. Yeah. Because a contract says, well, we can void all this if you don't uphold my expectations. And my expectations are right here on this paper. So, Mm. But a covenant is, I've given you everything. I mean, it's my life on the line here. That's mm. it. <laughs> I don't have expectations. It's just like asking the question, like Aubrey said earlier, pretty much, am I so locked into what I expect Jesus to do that I actually miss him completely? I've right in there. front of me. Yeah. 
How many, how many times, how many times have we been in a, in a situation and I don't say we like isn't together, but I'm talking about everybody that's listening to this podcast right now. Uh, whether it's as soon as we release it or later on in the future, I don't know. But how many times have you been put in a situation where you pray and pray and pray for something and then your prayer gets answered, but it's a whole lot different than you thought it would be? Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been a time where I've been like, Lord, I know you're just going to do this. this is exactly. I knew it. And, I knew yeah. it was going to be just like that. Just Lord, like thank that. you. I just saw like it. That. Never. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, that, that we have to ask the question. The, the question has to be asked. I remember hearing this teaching, not exactly this teaching, but I mean, yeah. kind of what we're teaching today is based on Brad's teaching. Yeah. I remember hearing this and literally being so convicted, not, mm-hmm. not shameful. I think we need to learn the difference. N- convicted of the times that I've stood there with my own agenda in mind and been like, God, I'm praying that my will be done instead of yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all have a tendency to fall back onto that because of our human nature. I, th- I think that um, it's it's part of the human nature. You go back all the way to Genesis when Adam and Eve fell. They fell because they they weren't okay with just God's will being done. He just said, "Don't touch this fruit." And they're like, "Well, why? I, I need to know. Like, my will needs to know why all this stuff's happening. So I'm going to take it anyway, right? It's it's the same game. The enemy plays the same game, and I think that we have to ask the question today. Which type are you? Maybe you're laying your cloak down at the feet of Jesus. You sincerely believe that you are. But you're laying it down because of what you get in return. You're looking for a Messiah that's going to come and free you from Roman captivity when God's plan was a Messiah that came and freed you from the grip of hell. Mm-hmm. We, we always want the Lord to pull us out of situations. Oh, yeah. Instead of finding sanctuary through the situation, just finding him through it. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I believe that so many Jews today don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah because he didn't fulfill the expectations back then. Mm-hmm. And... That's so sad, but how many times do we do that, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that God God looks at our perspective from a 10,000-foot view while we're here on the ground. And we know that the Bible tells us that He sees the end from the beginning. He knows where it's going. And everything that I read in Scripture is God's plan for me can be— is better than I could ever imagine anything for myself, but it doesn't stop me from trying. It doesn't stop me from from putting boundaries or putting up walls or trying to help God out. Like, was that meme that you showed me where it's like the guy's... Checking on the yeah, status after you gave yeah, it to the Lord. Dude's peeking hey. around the corner, like of hey, the Lord, door, and going, working? after I gave this to the Lord and been like, 
So, uh, Lord, are you working on that thing? Any updates? Any updates? Yeah. Can we get Can we get an update? I mean, I'm I'm the most guilty one. I'm the chief among sinners when it comes to that. Any quiet time with the Lord? Updates? Question mark. Yeah. It's like I'm sitting here going, "All right, Lord, I'm I'm just here to do Your will." By the way, when are you gonna um, follow up with more marching orders on this thing that we talked about last week? I mean, I, I but. God, who creates each and every one of us, He knows that we're this way, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't break His heart mm-hmm. that we can't trust that He knows what He's doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't even trust who He is. Yeah, it's easy to fall into a trap. And there are lots of theological discussion on the formulas of if I do A, B, and C, then God is going to equal this this is the answer as long as i do all these things that i can god's gonna do this the the problem that we have is trying to make formulas out of obedience Mm -hmm. god does not move the same way every time he is the same yesterday today and forever but he doesn't move the same way every time we learn what happens through that with the story of moses When he strikes the rock the second time, Mm -hmm. that wasn't of God. And God said God was angry with him for trying to duplicate a move of God from the first time to the second one. God was still faithful, right, to make water come from the rock. But Mm -hmm. Moses missed out on the promise because he tried to go, oh, well, God did it last time. He's going to do it again. And the same goes with the the people in Jerusalem at this time, God rose up Judah Maccabee in 167 BCE and freed us from the Seleucid Empire. And now here comes the actual Messiah that's gonna free us from Rome. We're gonna be able to govern ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's gonna bring in the new reign of of our kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that was small picture compared to what God has in mind. But it still doesn't it still doesn't take away the fact that this is what we do. We try to build small pictures when God's up here going, dude, I created the heavens and the earth mm-hmm. and you just care about having your own free country when I'm talking about eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a scripture <laughs> in Nahum I read today and it literally said the cloud the clouds are the dust of my feet and I was like Dang! Like it just gave me the coolest picture. Yeah, he's so much bigger. He sees everything. We don't have yeah. to worry. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to say. I know, but <laughs> yeah, it's easy to say. But the reality is, for everybody that's tuning into this podcast, the challenge that we had through going through this lesson was, what type of disciple are you? Are you going to be the one? that says, Hosanna, God save us. And then the next day, as soon as Jesus doesn't do what you want him to do, you're walking away. Mm -hmm. Or are you the one that's laying your cloak down today that says, God, I'm in it for whatever. I don't care if the perfect storm of life hits me tomorrow. My cloak is at your feet and I'm not going anywhere. Because I'll tell you what we have a tendency to do, what I have a tendency to do, is cry out to God when things aren't going the way that I think they should. 
And then as soon as he works his way and, and, you know, provides for me the way that I think he should, I go back into the motions of everyday life. And it's like, okay, thank you, Lord. Yeah, give God all the credit for that. Anyway, back to the formula. Back to manufacturing life my way until I have another need. And then I come lay my cloak down all over again. I don't, I don't know how many cloaks I've laid down <laughs> up until this point in my life. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Maybe for you today, you've realized, maybe this, maybe this is hitting you like it did us when we first heard it. And you're going, man, you know how many times I laid my cloak down? So many times. Let today be the day that you have a conversation with the Lord where you say, I'm laying my cloak down. And even if the poo hits the fan, Mm -hmm. even right after this podcast is over, God, I'm in it. I'm in for it. Let your will be done. I'll take this cup and I'll drink from it because I know I need, I need you to save me mm-hmm. every day, yeah. every hour. That's it. I'm done. That was good. Oh, but yeah, um, I mean, you said it. <laughs> well, I'm wrecked. I'm oh done. Goodness. But told you it was going to be convicting. I mean, I warned you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Listen, we, we love you guys, and we want to continue to share the truth of, of God's Word every day and in every podcast that we record. Uh, we, we love you guys, and um, feel free to reach out to us, subscribe to our channel, like our posts, mm-hmm. share them, do whatever, um, but we hope that this was a blessing to you, but we, we love you guys, and um, we'll see you next time. Yes. Right here, Peace of Authenticity. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.